welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. Good morning, church. We're going to break up Revelation as we prepare our church for Advent. In the next two weeks, I want to spend some time speaking to the things that I'm sensing um, and hoping to lead our church in a response into this next season. A passage of scripture that's been sticking out to me over the last season has been Revelation 12, verse 10. And it reads, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So Paul commands the church to honor one another. The command is to honor. Honor is central to the kingdom of God. Honor is not some peripheral concept. It's not some random idea. It is central to the life of the church. It is central to the life of a disciple. We are commanded to honor one another uh, within the church, according to Romans. And what we see is that honor is like a lens of existence within the entirety of scripture. I want to just give you a bunch of passages. In Revelation 5, verse 12, honor is our destiny. In John chapter 5, verse 22, honor is in the Trinity. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 20, honor is in creation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20, honor is in sexuality. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, honor is in wealth. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, honor is in marriage. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, honor is in family. And in Romans chapter 13, we see that honor is in human authority. Honor is the operating system of the kingdom of God. It is a culture that Jesus builds around himself and invites his disciples to embody this concept and way of life. I want to talk about living with honor in a culture of contempt. But before that, I wanna begin with a very harsh warning to our local church in this moment. That's right, a warning. Maybe this might be a little bit of a break from last week's discussion in Revelation chapter 12 and 13. But in Mark chapter six, we read this. It says this in Mark chapter six. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. Uh Uh-oh, I had a light switch turn off. (laughs) Accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to them? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Here's my warning. Dishonor shuts us off from the ministry of Jesus. Dishonor shuts us off from the ministry of Jesus. What happened in the story? 
The people in Jesus' hometown were offended by Jesus. What was so offensive? Well, Jesus was teaching and saying things, but they were familiar with him. He was normal. He was from working class parents, and this familiarity resulted in dishonoring Jesus. They chose not to honor him. They chose to dishonor him, and as a result of the, the dishonor, they were shut off from his ministry. Dishonor shuts us, from, shuts us off from the ministry of Jesus. You see, Jesus was training his disciples on how to live and interact in the world with a kingdom lens. And what we see in Mark 6 is what we see happen in the world. The world chooses to operate through the lens of the world. And what they didn't see in Jesus was the son of God. They didn't see him as a rabbi. They didn't see him as the Messiah. They saw this is Jesus, the carpenter's son. His family, they're our neighbors. His sisters are right here. They, we, we used to play hopscotch with him when he was growing up. How, how can he, this guy, talk like this? How can my son speak the words of God to me in a moment of anger? How can my spouse be the voice of God speaking to me when I'm off? How can my house church pastor or digital community host possibly get that right? Am I right? You see, they chose to not honor Jesus in the moment. And as a result, the kingdom doesn't move in his hometown. Later on, Jesus will say in Matthew chapter 10, Verse 41, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. What is this all about, receiving the reward? Well, it has to do with understanding how the kingdom works. When you honor, when you choose to recognize the God-given gifts in people, when you treat people as image bearers, when you treat people as brothers and sisters in the kingdom, when you recognize the anointing, when you recognize the, the, the talent, the wisdom, the skill, and you honor what's there, you will receive from them what's given. And what I mean by this is, if, if you think of me as a teacher, just a, just a teacher, you might be able to receive from me teaching. But if you see me as more than as, as a pastor or prophetic at times, or anyone that's come in, like our friend Julian, who's come in, if you recognize the anointing on his life as a prophet, you will receive from him the prophetic reward that comes from relationship and honor. We can talk about that another time. But what happened in Mark 6 is a common statement. Familiarity breeds contempt. And in this story, familiarity disqualified honor. They were prejudiced by proximity. And we do this today. We refuse to believe that the closest people around us, the members of our own community, could actually be the people that will shape human history. I believe God wants to use the ordinary folks in our church to bring about renewal and to shape the future. But when we fail to see the possibilities of others, when we fail to see the possibility that others carry because of familiarity, it hinders our faith. 
Imagine what would have happened if Jesus' hometown recognized his power, recognized the anointing, and, and they chose to honor Jesus. Imagine if they weren't shut off to, to, the, uh, to the ministry of Jesus. Imagine if they became the center of the movement of God because they chose to recognize this is the Messiah. Dishonor shuts us off from the ministry of Jesus. Therefore, honor opens us up to the possibilities of Jesus's ministry. In an essay published by the New York Times, Arthur Brooks, a scholar in public policy, he writes, the problem in America today is not incivility or intolerance. It's something far worse. It's our culture of contempt. Sebastian Younger, a soldier who has written about the importance of honor and respect, documents the grief he felt returning to America after serving in the military overseas. In his book, Tribes, he writes, we live in a society that is basically at war with itself. People speak with incredible contempt about depending on their views, the rich, the poor, the educated, the foreign born, the president, or the entire U.S. government. It is a level for, uh, of contempt that is usually reserved for enemies in wartime, except now it is applied to our fellow citizens. Unlike criticism, contempt is particularly toxic because it assumes a moral superiority in the speaker. Contempt is often directed at people who have been excluded from a group or declared unworthy its benefits, unworthy of its benefits. Contempt is the culture we live in. It is what we are witnessing in the divide in the nation at this moment. Contempt is defined as the feeling that a person or a thing is beneath consideration, worthless, deserving scorn, to consider someone or something to be unworthy of respect or attention. This is how we, we speak of other people. This is how we, we are able to, to uh, treat and retaliate uh, other people on Facebook posts. This is how we demonize our friends in passing because of their political beliefs. We talk about people with such distaste and uh, who disagree with us because our culture in the world is a culture of contempt. We have lost friends because of political views. We have become a divided church because of political views. And it's because we live in a culture that has, that has elevated our positions in policies and politics versus elevating the person we are called to worship who is Jesus. And this contempt is impacting not just the global world and the global church, but it's impacting our local church. Contempt may be the most toxic force eroding the people of God today. It's how we demonize each other. It's how we create us versus them. Contempt has defined the culture of the Pharisee that distorts the covenant of the people of God. Contempt distorts our, our, our way of life as kingdom citizens. Contempt in other words, diminishes the values of the value of others. Let me say that again. Contempt diminishes the value of others. And this is why we can gossip about people we don't like because we choose not to value those people. And brothers and sisters, I want to just pause for a moment for anyone listening. Gossip is rampant in the church. 
It's when we speak about other people who are not present in the current conversation. And if as we speak or listen to someone speak about someone who's not here, gossip is when that person that's not present's reputation is diminished when you leave. When you are speaking or when you are listening to someone speak about someone else, the litmus test should be, are we elevating that person's reputation or are we diminishing their reputation? I don't want to hear about Christians talking about venting to people about other people. We can't do this as Christian. This is gossip and gossip is pornography in the church. It needs to be eliminated and I can't say it enough because I'm hearing it all the time and it needs to stop. We don't speak bad about anyone, period, full stop. Even if they're our enemies, quote unquote, we pray for them, we love them, we treat them as beautiful children of God, as image bearers, we add value as we speak to them. We don't diminish anyone by word, by action, or by thought. This is what the Lord keeps convicting me of. I cannot speak ill of anyone, even if I disagree with them. But the Lord's saying, Darren, I don't want you to think. I don't want you to have a thought in your head that diminishes the value of my child. Ah, so I'm repenting every single day nonstop because thoughts flood into my head and I allow my critical thinking go into place, which I'll talk about in a second. And I begin to criticize and and think of things and the Lord just calls me out. Are you diminishing this person in your head? Honor people. You see, we operate from a different playbook. Do you know what I'm talking about? The world operates from the playbook of contempt. We operate from the playbook of honor. We have to learn how to honor one another above ourselves. The definition of honor is to esteem, to hold in great respect, or to place value on a person. Honor is the recognition of value, contribution, and importance of others. And let me just say this, honor affirms value. Honor affirms value. So in Matthew 10, it says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So Jesus is giving us this idea that anyone that welcomes us is actually welcoming Jesus as followers of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet, you affirm the value, will receive the prophet's reward. So Jesus wants to train us on how to interact and operate from a different mindset. We cannot operate like culture. Or like everyone else, we have to have a new mindset to operate in the world in a different way. And I believe honor is lacking. Honor, this idea of affirming value or giving people respect, it's lacking in our church, the garden. It's lacking in this generation. It's lacking in our lives. I'm reminded about this all the time, especially when I I, I hang out with other people from other states or countries and cultures or even other churches. I see what honor looks like practically. What does it mean to honor? I want you to ask that question. Do I live honorably? Do I honor people? Do I honor my family? Do I honor my spouse? Do I honor my children? Do I honor my friends? Do I honor authority? Do I honor people in authority? It seems like in our culture, because of this digital age, um, we have become a, a culture that, that believes that our perspective has to be heard. 
And so we can criticize and critique online anyone at all times. We, it's like this Yelp generation that we believe everyone deserves to be uh, given a, a force, a, 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 some type of review. And so we, we broadcast our review and we email and we text and we, we do all these things and we dishonor each other in that way. I'm not saying you can't be, you can't critique or you can't have critical thoughts. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that as the people of God, we have a long way to go in honoring each other. And we'll, we'll keep talking about that. I had this moment where I realized what honor looked like in the church. And it was when I was in India. And I was in India, uh, and I, I went to this, our team went to this remote village, and we got to be a part of um, laying this, the first brick of this new building expansion. They had a, a, a one-room um, attached to the pastor's house, and this is where the church met, and they had multiple services. They crammed 50 to 75 people in this tiny room. It would have been like one of the rooms at Franklin that our kids would meet, and it was absolutely tiny. And the pastor in faith blew out his room where his family lived, attached to this big meeting area, because they needed more room for the people coming to faith in their, in their um, village. And it was absolutely amazing. And this pastor is living on less than a dollar a day. He's supported through rice and eggs that were given by his, pa- by his congregants. And they knew that we were coming. And I got the privilege of laying the first cornerstone piece um, for this building expansion. But after this event, after we worshiped with them and, and participated in church, uh, the, the, the family, the pastor and his wife, they, um, they, along with a couple other families, prepared a meal for us. And they, they decided to have the meal in their home. Now, the home was, uh, was about the size of my garage, which is um, a tiny, tiny one-room brick wall, kind of, you know, half outdoor, half inside home. And they had a bed, one bed, um, and they had an area to cook in, and that was it. And um, so what they did is they prepared their meal, and they had us sit on their bed, and they watched as we ate this meal that they saved up to prepare for us for over a month. They, they provided, um, they saved their resources to cook us a meal so that we would dine with them. Because what Suresh, the leader of Harvest India, said to me was, they take seriously this idea of if you receive a prophet, you will receive the prophet's reward. They believed that their job was to receive and honor us as the people of God. And I, I can't help but think about the, the, the New Testament, the way it talks about welcoming missionaries. Not so that they can stand on a stage and ask for money, but actually practicing hospitality, providing for them, welcoming pastors, welcoming the, the house church pastors, welcoming strangers into your own to honor them. You see, this is what was going on throughout the New Testament. There was this, this culture of honor that empowered the church uh, to see the ministry of Jesus expand. You see, honor is a voluntary choice to recognize the value of someone or something. And this is where honor has the power to transform. If contempt reduces value, honor restores value. And that difference That difference lays a foundation for all relationships. So what I want to say is this. Honor raises the quality of relationships. Honor 
raises the quality of relationships because honor will always bring out the best in others. You see, we are called to honor in the scriptures because honor is central to the kingdom of God and how God operates. And an observation in my own life is that I've lived with insecurity and insecurity produces dishonor. Dishonor is a state of shame, of living in a state of shame. If you don't value yourself, how will you value others? So when you dishonor yourself, you will fail to honor others. And it starts with self-criticism. If you're constantly criticizing yourself, you will be constantly critical of others. If you're looking for the trash in others, you will find it. But if you're looking for the gold in others, you will find the gold in others as well. And this is what honor can do. Honor when we choose to recognize that what God is doing and when we choose to honor what God's doing, celebrate what God's doing, give him glory and blessing and worship in the moments, we, we, we are able to receive more. I was at this meeting of a, of a very large church. I was at their staff meeting in Northern California. And it was incredible because I got to listen. This is pre-COVID. I got to listen to them tell stories of that weekend's experience. And they were telling stories of, hundreds of people accepting Jesus. And then they talked about the hundreds of salvation or the healings that took place. So salvations and healings, like, like they were listing this cancer was documented, documented, documented and healed. This was healed. This was healed. And I, I was like jaw dropped. Oh my gosh. But it was like, they were reading the, the statistics. Like this was a normal weekend. Okay, so it was, the tone was like, oh, and we had um, 18 neck pain was healed. Um, uh, one cancer patient was healed. A woman with a tumor was healed. It's documented. Uh, uh, 118 people accepted Jesus between all the services. Um, this, this thing happened. And so the list is just like Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then the light, come on, light, turn back on. And then... Um, I'm going to keep going. God wants you to hear this. Then the, the lead pastor stands up in the staff meeting and he says, we cannot forget to honor God for these testimonies. And they all stand up and they all start worshiping and they say, all glory goes to you. And they all start worshiping. Jesus, let us not take for granted the ministry you are pouring out. And they chose to honor Jesus when he showed up in the church. Come on, church. How many times has Jesus showed up and you didn't honor him? When he showed up with a word, when he showed up with conviction, when he showed up with a miracle, when he showed up with that financial provision, when he showed up with a a new house to move into, when he showed up with all of those things you were praying for, did you pause to honor Jesus when he showed up? When that friend brought the rebuke, did you honor God in the rebuke? When that friend brought the encouragement, did you honor God in the encouragement? Are you choosing to look at people and choose to honor them into their future and into their destiny? We have a long ways to go. How on earth are we going to expect politicians, Democrats and Republicans to honor each other if the church doesn't honor each other first? How are we supposed to expect the world to live in honorable ways if the church doesn't live in honorable ways? Brothers and sisters, we are called to honor. We are called to live a culture of honor. How do we do that? I want to first suggest that you need to honor God. 
Every day you wake up, you, you thank the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for life, and you choose to honor God in your everyday, ordinary lives. Honor the scripture. Brothers and sisters, we, what does it mean to honor the scriptures? Choose to be obedient to scriptures. Stop. As Christians, we don't get the, the privilege of freedom without meaning. Our freedom is limited to the, the uh, to, to, what Jesus has called us to. Our freedoms are not meaningless adventure into our own personal development, our own personal lives. Our freedom is restricted to loving our brothers and sisters into wholeness. Read Galatians. Honor the scripture with your life. Number three, honor relationships wherever you have. Honor all of the relationships you have. Honor your spouse. Honor your children. Honor your roommates and family and your community, your neighbors and your coworker. Practice living honorably with the people who are closest to you. Do this with words and actions. Do this with your thoughts. Ask the question, in my, in my words, in my thoughts, am I, am I uh, elevating the value? Am I, am, am I elevating people or am I diminishing them? Am I, am I building them up and I'm, am I increasing their capacity for life or am I diminishing them by what I speak, by what I vent to my friends, by what I say? Honor. Number three, honor whatever authority you live under. Honor whatever authority you live under. Jesus comes and establishes the kingdom and we need to learn to love authority. Learn to live under authority. Under authority, we, there's government authorities that we have to honor. Even if we disagree, we, we honor them in our speech, in our prayers. We honor them. Uh, in the church, we are called to live under authority as a church. And, and I feel like this is something we struggle with as a church. Do we honor the elders of our church? Do we honor our house church pastors? Do you honor the, the staff through, that are godly men and women who are working with their best ability to pursue God in and out of season? We must learn to honor the spiritual authority that we have chosen to submit under. I love submitting myself to the authority around me because I've learned that when you operate under uh, honor, when you learn to submit, you also are elevated. You also are given more because God will trust you. So we honor in this church. Do you honor? Are you honoring your digital community hosts by emailing them? by encouraging them, your house church pastors, by showing up, blessing them. All the ways that we're called to honor, we need to honor. Number four is we need to look at the world through a filter of honor. You see, when I see Jesus' interactions, he, he chooses to elevate the people who are seen as outcasts and sinners. And he regularly honors them in the way he talks, communicates, embraces, includes them. We need that lens today. Number five, give honor away and don't expect it. Don't expect to receive it, but create a culture of honor by living in a way that increases the standard around you. It raises people to the standard required of royal sons and daughters of the king by living honorably. You can um, create a culture without people reflecting it back. And what, it, what does it mean when we look at strangers who are image bearers, when we see a, a child of God crowned with glory, waiting to be revealed as a co-heir with Christ? Do we see that in them or do we dishonor them? Lastly, I want to say this. 
that we can create a culture of honor by honoring our way into dishonoring territories. Are you with me? You can walk into environments that are dishonoring and you can honor your way and change the environment, the atmosphere based on how you live. You can take a company that's bad and honor your way into it and bring transformation. Look at the testimony of Joseph in Egypt. Look at the testimony of Daniel in Babylon. This is what we're called to. The warning on my heart to you is to evaluate. Has there been dishonor in your life? Have you dishonored somebody in speech, in thoughts, in actions? I think there's a call to repent. There's a call to evaluate and realign your life in the things that Jesus is inviting you to. Because remember, dishonor cuts us off from the ministry of Jesus. Have you dishonored Jesus in any way in how you're living? In the ways he showed up and you took credit for it, but it was his prayer answered in your life. If dishonor cuts us off from the ministry of Jesus, honor will open us up to it. So remember, honor affirms, honor encourages, honor lifts others up, honor brings out the best. So let's bring out the best in each other. Let's bring out the best in the church and let's bring out the best in our city and our nation. By this passage, Romans 12, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12 verse 10. Honor one another above yourselves. Father, would you empower this in our life? Empower this in our church. Let us become and let us create a culture of honor in our homes, in our lives, and in our community that will see a move of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit garden.church.